Howdy. I got to say something about Star Wars. Anybody who listens to the show knows that we're also giant Star Wars fans as well as football fans. And uh, Rise of Skywalker, episode nine, comes out in, uh, would be 16 days from this episode releasing. And they keep releasing TV spots and all that good stuff online and gets you all excited. Unless you're one of the whiny fanboys or girls who uh, proceeds to destroy uh, any hope of a good movie through your negative comments on every single post. I get it. You hated The Last Jedi. Totally understand. But you also hated the prequels, and yet you kept going back for more. So I don't get it, and it needs to stop. Just go see the movie. It'll all be okay. Plus, there's Baby Yoda. Welcome to the Common Ground Football Podcast. Here are your hosts, Brian McLaughlin and Andrew Guzman. What's up, everybody? Common Ground Football Podcast, episode 80. 8-0. Holy crap. We are making the final turn into the final quarter of the 2019 NFL season. There are four games left. Unbelievable. Uh, what a uh, what a week that week 13 was. And we're going to talk about that. First off, sorry about last week. Uh, paddled a flu from hell from Sunday to Wednesday. Had to drive across our mountain passes here in Washington State on Wednesday. Uh, I was feeling better that day. And then I, I cooked Thanksgiving for the family on Thursday, which was awesome. Love spending time with family. I hope everyone out there who listens to our show also had a good Thanksgiving. Uh, but it was just trying to make everything work and as sick as I felt earlier in the week, trying to do a podcast was not going to work. So apologies. I didn't even have time to post anything to social media or anything. So I'm still battling a cough that will not go away. So I've got cough suppressants, got a little cough drop in. Uh, sorry if you can hear it. There'll be some throat clearing all that stuff as I continue to try and make it through this. I'm going to try and keep it short today so that I'm not uh, dying coughing up along uh later also in my intro there i said plus there's baby yoda i want to be clear because i'm sure star wars fans are going baby yoda's not in episode nine what i meant was jeez. what i meant was you have uh the mandalorian and baby yoda to make you feel better about star wars so shut up stop being so damn negative that's that that was mainly my point and uh if you have not yet watched the mandalorian get on it because I mean, Baby Yoda alone is amazing, but it's a fantastic uh, show. They're, they're doing, it definitely feels like real Star Wars. It's awesome. But we're not here to talk about Star Wars today. We're here to talk about football. We're here to talk about Dallas Cowboys, uh, Seattle Seahawks. Uh, I'm going to try and talk about the Cowboys, as we well know. Um, it's just me for right now. Shout out to my buddy, Andrew. Hope everything's going okay, bud. And uh, we hope to have him back real soon. But for right now, it's just me, Brian, the Seahawks fan. And uh, here's what we're going to do today. Uh, the usual, basically, but because we missed last week, I'm going to do a quick recap of week 12. Super, super quick. What happened in the games? Super fast. Uh, then we will recap what just the week that just ended, which is week 13 with uh, the Seahawks on Monday Night Football. Uh, the Cowboys, of course, played on Thanksgiving. Uh, we'll talk about those real quick. Uh, I do have a couple of NFL news stories I want to go over. Dennis from Ohio called in with a question of the week. 
And then we have to preview week 14 because we have gigantic games for both teams and then gigantic games for the teams that are in the same division as our teams, basically. There's just in these last four games that's going to be nuts watching what happens in both divisions, both the East and the West. So uh, get ready. It should be fun and exciting. And then, of course, we'll do some game picks and um, I'll pick the winner of the Hawks game. So if you're ready, I'm ready. Take a breath and jump right in. Let's go into week 12. Uh, what happened? Well, if you can remember back that far, um, the Cowboys lost. Um, they were in New England, lost to the Patriots 13-9. Uh, to uh, I assumed that they were going to lose that game, but I was certainly hoping that it was going to be a little more competitive. You, you can totally see in watching Tom Brady, because I've now watched him two weeks in a row uh god he's just he's showing all the signs of a old quarterback at the beginning of the end as they hit that steep decline uh peyton manning showed it let's remember peyton manning did not that super bowl his last year his defense won him that he didn't win that he was throwing ducks up in the air he i mean his neck was fused like there was nothing going right for him at all so um it's weird because brady was so good for so long and it's just all of a sudden boom but that's what happens with you know 42 year old quarterbacks uh no matter what kind of training you go through what who your so-called doctor is and all the stuff you practice doesn't matter in the end age will always win that's just how it works so uh i was hoping for a little more of a a competitive game there but uh the patriots defense held the cowboys uh at the time they had a top ranked offense uh, without a touchdown for the first time this entire season and um you know that it wasn't great and dallas struggled to move the ball most of the game you continue to see the trend of of ezekiel elliott not rushing i mean he only had he had 86 yards it's not terrible but you're talking about one of the elite running backs in the game who you want to see 100 plus yards a game especially with the way that dallas wants to run their offense so uh they were just two for 13 on third down it just wasn't it just wasn't a great game uh and put them down to six and five at the time lucky for them and we'll we'll talk about it a little bit more but they're in a division full of bad teams so if they're gonna pick a time to have a little bit of a slide it's definitely right now for sure so uh but yeah uh cowboys did not win in week 12 seahawks on the other hand uh not a high scoring game although i'll tell you what it should have been seahawks beat the eagles 17 to 9 it should have been like 35 to 9, 38 to 9, whatever. Uh, a couple of missed opportunities. Crazy game weather-wise. The wind was blowing like like mad. I mean, it was just insane how hard it was blowing. Uh, Carson Wentz, who's already not that great, it made him look worse. And then Russell, I don't know if it was the wind or what, but he missed a wide open uh, touchdown. Just a little... Had he fired it in there, he would have nailed it, but he tried to do this like soft touch and it blew right over the, the guy's head. I think that was Hollister probably at the time. Um, it was just wasn't great. So, But what we did see that was fantastic to see is the uh, coming out party for uh, Penny. Uh, he, Rashad Penny, all of a sudden, you know, we've been kind of sitting around talking going, well, what are they going to do with him? Is he going to be trade bait? Uh, what's the deal with the way Carson's fumbling? Should maybe they just go to Penny? 
is Penny even a good runner? We don't even know. And all of a sudden, he ran for a career-best 129 yards, including a big 58-yard touchdown. Um, he's got 158 fewer carries than Chris Carson at that time. And uh, he talked about how he changed his diet, no more Big Macs, no more bad food, and he's dropped weight, and it's made a difference. And Penny, when he runs, he's got this the second gear that he just goes I mean, it's unbelievable. If he can get through a hole and get free, you can't catch him. Carson is a very physical runner, and after contact, he keeps it the ball moving, and he will get you extra yards. And definitely he's fast, but I don't know that he's faster than Penny. I think in, if in, a, in an open field race, I bet you Penny wins. But you've got two very different, uh, different runners um, there, but they happen to complement each other really, really well. So – uh in winning they they continued uh, to stay undefeated on the road which is just insane to me six and oh on the road that's the first time they've done that since uh 2013 their super bowl winning season uh they were six and oh on the road uh that's at some point that season as well and uh you know it was a weird game because the eagles were missing a lot of guys i mean they were missing their top three wide receivers their leading rusher, uh, two Pro Bowl offensive linemen, and it just wasn't. It didn't go well, and you and you kind of wonder what would have, what the game would have been like had they been a little more healthy. But that's the luck of the draw, and of course, as Seahawks fans with the win, we'll take it. Um, they did sack Russell Wilson six times. Uh, this was the first game in two in a row that Russell just hasn't been that great. But I don't fault him really that much. I just it's. It is what it is, and at this point with Lamar Jackson and the way he's playing, the MVP award is is long gone. So it was a good – hey, in the end, it was a good win. Uh, I would have loved for it to be 38-9, to not 17-9. to I've been so close. But uh, as we come to find out after last night's game, the Seahawks refused to let any game be close ever, and uh, so that's just the way it goes. Uh, one of the big things that did come out of that for Russell Wilson before I move on, he began the first quarterback in NFL history to start his career with eight straight winning seasons. So he started all 136 games since his rookie season, including 13 in the playoffs. And uh, for comparison, uh, Bobby Wagner, who also began his career the same year as Russell, has started 126 games in that span. So no, I mean, don't take anything away from Bobby. Bobby's, I mean, to only miss 10 of 10 for a, a linebacker, that's awesome. Now for Russell, that's pretty impressive. So, all right. So that was week 12. It came it went it was over we moved on to week 13 and week 13 is a weird week because you get uh you know three games on thanksgiving and it was uh it was kind of strange because i looking at the schedule for the um the thanksgiving games you kind of looked at the slate and you're like all right well these won't be these won't be too bad at all and um you kind of wanted you were thinking you were going to get a, a bunch of really really competitive games and in the end you you got some excitement at the end of the saints falcons game but most of that game was dominated by the saints and then you know the the bears and lions i think was the most exciting out of the two or out of the three which is kind of sad considering that that game was the bears and the lions so uh, but what the Cowboys do? Well, if you're a Cowboys fan, you know exactly what happened. Uh, Dallas lost again. 
uh, dropped to six and six, uh, lost twenty six to fifteen to the Buffalo Bills. The uh, Bills now at nine and three. They're a team you got to look out for there in the AFC. Uh, Cole Beasley, uh, former uh, Cowboy, had a great game uh, in te- you know in Texas in Dallas Arlington. Sorry, uh, and I'm sure it meant a lot to him. He didn't. He was pretty vocal about not being. Uh, um, pretty critical of the cowboys after leaving so i bet you he he pretty much he really enjoyed that so um this the cowboys scored a a touchdown on their opening drive and uh then stumbled after that and couldn't do anything and uh that pretty much puts them in like i said six and six philadelphia now joins them on top of the nfc east um and that's dallas's fourth double digit loss in the past six thanksgiving games so I know that they always play on Thanksgiving, but maybe we go to a different team that, you know, wins. Huh? <laughs> That's my anti-Dallas right there. Sorry. Um, so Dallas, six losses in nine games, uh, four days after Jerry Jones, of course, blasted the coaching staff after their loss to New England. And Jerry was not happy after that New England game. And uh, and then all of a sudden they, they go out, you know, they, they host the Bills and they lay another egg. It wasn't, wasn't great. So um scored seven points in the first quarter nothing in the second and third and then eight in the fourth but at that point it was too late and uh i was cooking i cooked from 10 to 4 and uh so i wasn't able to watch as much as i would like but i did keep looking over at the tv and checking the score and doing all that so um it's uh let's see ESPN, I'm just reading their article on it. Uh, the Cowboys couldn't blame a sputtering offense on the conditions after the windy and rainy loss to the Patriots. Dak Prescott threw an interception, lost one fumble, and had another on fourth down as Dallas was outscored 26 to nothing over a 50 minute stretch. And again, Zeke, another, you know, he, he finished with 71 yards rushing, and that's not where you want to see him. I mean, you, you want to, I, I feel like with their, their offense Dak's having a great year but aren't they better I mean maybe I'm wrong but aren't they better with Zeke you know 100 plus yards I mean that's what they've done the last couple years um and then you end up with empty stats for Dak I mean he was 32 of 49 for 355 two touchdowns but who cares because in the end they lose so um the crazy thing that came out of that was Again, the attention went straight to coaching and Jason Garrett. And should he be the coach? What should they do? Should they change coaches right now? What's what's going to happen? And uh, Jerry's come out and said, "We're I'm, I'm not making a I'm not making a change in the season. It's not happening." But he keeps making all these cryptic comments. And then today on uh, 105.3 The Fan he he had his normal interview with with them and they they asked him you know sitting at six and six not looking too good um you know what do you want to do you you know he said he doesn't want to make a coaching change in season and uh and then he made this weird quote he said and this i'm reading the quote nobody has the exclusive skills to get the job done so that collectively you can win a super bowl jones said but there are qualified people Jason Garrett is one of them. In my opinion, 
Jason Garrett will be coaching in the NFL next year. Now, was that a slip? And by that he means I'm going to fire him at the end of the season, but I believe that he will get another job somewhere else. Or does he mean that he will be coaching for the Cowboys next year? Uh, I'd love to get the pulse of, of Cowboys nation out there and how, I mean, I know how Andrew feels, how Dean feels. Um, I, 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 I'm not plugged into that, that world as much. So I, I, do you guys want him fired? Do you, do you want to move on to a new coach? Do you feel like it's, it's time that he's had his opportunity and it's time to do that? Uh, when I watch the games, it feels like he has lost the locker room. He doesn't have much of a, you know, relationship with the players. At least that's what it looks like on the sidelines. But then you look, you know, they do these interviews and the players say they love him and they got his back. And I don't know what to believe. Um, but I mean, if I find it, unless the Cowboys actually get to a Super Bowl, I, I completely believe that Garrett's a goner and I, I don't know that he's picked up and and coaching on their team. I mean, there's going to be some coaching vacancies that we'll get into here in a little bit, but I I don't know that you know he's he seems like he's a good dude, but is he really a good head coach? He's he's not. If you look at their record uh, after 12 games throughout his tenure with the Cowboys, he's had one good one great. I think they were like 11 and one through 12 games. One great season was that 2016. I think the rest of them, he was all five losses, six losses. They're sitting at six and six right now, and they had high expectations. And they have what most call one of the best running backs in the league. They have their franchise quarterback. They should not be six and six. They're in a division that's terrible, but they keep they just they're underperforming. It's just not good. So, and that was just a weird comment by Jerry Jones. I I I believe. If I read that and I, I've heard it, I've, I literally I listened to the quote itself. I listened to the interview, and I'm to me it sounds like he slipped up and and he's meaning yeah I'm I'm gonna let him go, but I believe he'll be coaching somewhere next year. That's what it sounded like to me. So oops, that probably wasn't the best idea there, Jerry. <laughs> and I Garrett probably heard that and went well shit. Although if he thinks that he has a chance, he's crazy because he doesn't he gonna be gone i would be shocked like i said unless they get to a super bowl which the chances of that are so slim at this point uh they're lucky they're in a bad division or they wouldn't even be in the playoff hunt right now but uh i I just i would be shocked if garrett was the coach for the cowboys next year it's just not happening there's going to be too many it's, it's just time jerry jones has had enough it's time all right can i move on from the cowboys since it's not my team, we'll talk more about them as we talk about their week 14 game, which is at Da Bears. Da Bears. Uh, but let's talk about last night and the Monday night football game in Seattle uh, against the Vikings. Vikings, good team. Really good team. I-, I have to admit, going into that game, I was very nervous. Uh, I remember the days not too long ago where even against a good team, with a game at home, especially in prime time, that was, I mean, that was a win. I think Russell's like nine and two now in Monday night football games. That's crazy. Uh, but lately, at least this season, especially the, the, and this isn't against the 12, the 12s always bring it. They're loud and they were loud last night. 
Um, but it just seems like no one's afraid to come up there and play. And they're six and zero on the road, but you know their two losses are at home. Um, and they're I mean they're against the number one seeds in each conference, but still, it just it feels like they don't play as well at home. So I, I was I was nervous. Although, and then looking at the schedule ahead of time already planning out as one of those games where if they're going to lose one it's going to be this one uh but thankfully that's not how it went down seahawks win 37 to 30 and take over first place in the nfc west all by themselves by virtue of the tiebreaker that they have on the niners right now who are also 10 and 2 so sorry the niners lost oh so sad bummer bummer wait wait wait. bummer oh yeah see there it is Sorry, Dennis from Ohio. He knew it was going to happen. He wasn't afraid. Uh, what a game last night. Uh, it was ups and downs like every single Seahawk game out there. Just freaking crazy. Let's let's go ahead and start with my awesome and my bummer. Awesome. I'm going to start with the running game. The running game was the awesome. Um, Minnesota went into that game, and, and Zimmer admitted it, that they thought they were going to be more of a passing offense. Russell's been MVP caliber this whole season. He's got some great weapons. He just got Josh Gordon. They they planned for more of a passing attack. Seattle, on the other hand, and I'll give him credit for this, whether they planned it to start or not, uh, as the game went got going, they saw what Minnesota was doing, and they were throwing two safeties deep, and they were covering man-to-man. Not a lot of zone coverage. And when you got Lockett, who had the flu all week, and was not feeling well still battling that shin injury uh so he's not 100 percent. so he's lost a step in the last couple weeks so when you got him not at 100 percent, your only other options there are dk who still needs to get a little bit better at running the routes but he'll get there i still think he's going to be a stud and he's been great so far besides the fumble that he had that happened in this game that was stupid um josh gordon and then you got you know david moore who I mean, that's a funny moment in the game for me. And then, uh, you know, a bunch of other guys who are, you know, whoever. So they saw what they were doing and they, they, you know, Russell's talked about it after the game. They just decided to keep running the ball. And you got a team like the Vikings who are really good against the run normally and only give up like uh, 90, I think it's like 94 uh, rushing yards per game. And in this game, they gave up 218 and again they did the same thing they did in the uh in the uh, eagles game split the time between carson and penny and you saw for the second game in a row you saw the rashad penny that we've been waiting to see um he had some good runs so uh carson was 23 carries for 102 with a touchdown penny was 15 carries 74 yards and a touchdown um it was it it just you you saw a crazy rushing attack which was great to see because obviously that's what this offense has been trying to be uh that's what they were all last year and that's what they've been trying to do this year and they just haven't been able to get into that rhythm and they've had to depend on russell Moore and and you know this game they, they just, there just wasn't a lot of opportunity to throw the ball every time they showed a replay i mean there were a couple of times that maybe russell could have made a play and i don't know if he was getting a little gun shy or what uh, we'd have seen in the past where once he's thrown a couple interceptions, he starts to get a little gun shy. Uh, he needs to get over that. He's Russell Wilson. Just trust in your ability and throw the freaking ball. 
Uh, and there were a couple of times he held on to the ball way too long, and he was sacked those times. One of those sacks was just a terrible time late in the fourth quarter uh, to take a sack. Just get rid of the ball. Just I know you, he's a magic man, and he tries to make things happen, but just get rid of the ball. So it wasn't a good night for him. But like I said, so what they did is they ran, and they ran the ball hard, and it was awesome. And to 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 get 218 yards on a team that gives up an average of 94, uh, that's freaking awesome. Again, it's awesome. It, it, it just it, it was – I wasn't sitting there screaming going, throw the ball. There were a couple of times where I wanted him to throw the ball more, but once I, again, kept seeing replays, I was like, you know what? No, no, no. Just do what they're doing. Just stick with it. It'll work. We're taking time off the clock. I think time of possession-wise, if I remember correctly, I'll have to look here. Team stats. Possession. Seahawks. <laughs> 39 minutes. 39 minutes and 45 seconds against the 20 minutes and 15 seconds the Vikings had. So, I mean, that's just that's just crazy. That's just crazy. Uh, so that was my awesome. Bummer um closing what's that mean well um it's one of the things that annoys me the most about this team this team is not complete we haven't had a complete calm nice easy blow them out victory formation at the end type of win haven't had it and i guess that's what they want whatever they were up 34 to 17 in the fourth quarter when it started at that point you're thinking holy crap we're going to get our first like you wouldn't call that a blowout but that's a that's a good margin right and it it just you're you're i i was i mean super relaxed which i haven't been in a while took less than two minutes for minnesota to pull in with 34 30 and yes, it was mistakes. It was a blown coverage that allowed for a crazy touchdown. Uh, it was uh, a fumble by DK. I mean, it was just mistakes is what let it happen. But those are the kind of things you can't do in the fourth quarter when you're up 34 to 17. You just need to calm down and continue to do what you've been doing this whole time. That third quarter, the Seahawks played that was probably one of the best quarters I've ever seen them play. They just It was the first time this entire season you felt like they dominated a team. 17 to nothing. That's what, the, that's what the third quarter was. 17 to nothing. They dominated it. And then they get to the fourth quarter and they do the complete opposite. Give up 13. It just... Ugh. I, they, they, they have an inability to close out a game. This is not the first time we've seen it this season. They get a lead and then they just, every single game, if I was a journalist and I was writing for like a newspaper or a blog or something, my headlines every single week would be, they squeak out of there with another win or they hung on, at the hang, hanging on is like the biggest one out there. Hawks hang on for another one. Why are we hanging on for a victory? Why can't we just win? Why can't we just, Seahawks dominated and won. 34 to 17 or they go down and they score one more touchdown that would have been even better i would have loved for it to be seahawks dominated 30 41 uh to 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 14 
That would have been a great headline. But no, it's Seahawks hang on for an exciting, thrilling Monday night game. I don't want to hear hang on. Not when we're getting into the stretch we're getting into in the playoffs, man. It's it's it, They got to make it easier on themselves. I don't want to be selfish and say, oh, you got to be better for the fan base. But but part of it is that. I mean, we're all over here watching a game having a heart, heart attacks. You look at Twitter during these games, especially in the late fourth quarter, and it's just everyone freaking out. I'm not comfortable. I'm not comfortable. <laughs> it's like, come on. Can't we just win? I just can't we just like get to like five minutes left and and or less than that and or get to like this game where they just they got the ball and they just needed one more first down and they can't ever do that it's just it's all you need is one more and so you end up punting you end up kicking a field goal with 21 seconds left that's still 21 seconds that they have to do something now you know yes they fumbled the ball on the kickoff and we win but you can't guarantee that's going to happen every game wouldn't you feel better if you just gotten one more first down and just ended it? And they just can't seem to do that. And that inability could come back to bite them really hard if, if they're not careful. But this season has been a season of that's the way they play. Close games is what they like. And, and they're 10-2. And, and first place in the NFC West. So I guess I can't be that upset about it. I just I want to live longer. And I feel like I won't be able to do that if I'm having a heart attack every game because they can't just close it out. <sighs> what else happened? All right. Uh, Russell wasn't great. Um, second game in a row, he hasn't been fantastic. But that's okay. In the end, he, he made the plays he needed to make. He's still Russell Wilson. Uh, he, he did fine. He just didn't do... He, he, he's, he's definitely taken a step back and from the MVP level of play that he was playing but he's still if you look at what his contribution to this team is and if you were to pull him out of it uh they'd be nothing so in the end stats wise lamar has like rushed past him literally see what i did there rushed past him Hmm? um but i watch lamar jackson play and then i watch russell wilson play and lamar jackson he runs and runs and runs, and he's crazy, and he's going to get hurt. Russell had like 13 yards rushing in this game because he would, when he would run when he needed to, but then he would get down. He would slide. He's not into, you know, didn't want to get the extra yards, get that, you know, that's just not what he's about. He'll only do that when he absolutely needs to. Uh, that's the difference there, and Lamar's going to end up getting hurt. But, man, he's exciting to watch. So am, am I hurt that Russell probably isn't going to get MVP now? Hell no. In the end, who gives a shit? You know what they want? They want a Lombardi trophy. That's what they want. And you could end up with a Seattle Baltimore uh, Super Bowl. And that'd be fun. I'm afraid the Seahawks might get their ass kicked, but it'd be fun. So it's okay. It's all right. Russell still did good. Um, I put down Lockett because he has been absent for two games now in a row. But again, I don't want to worry about it yet. I want to wait. Now, if they go out Sunday night against the Rams and he's still he's not part of the offense, then that they're doing something wrong because Lockett and, and Russell, that that's a connection. They're really good. And we have seen now how important it is for Lockett to be available for those those deep balls, um, contested catches, the thing that only he can do, and we need him. So uh, no more flus. Let's get that shin better, and then let's go kick some ass on Sunday night if 
you have another game like this Sunday night where you got no catches. It's the first time since 2017, I think, that he was held without a catch. Uh, yes, 2017 season. Um, I mean, that's that's we can't have that. Lockett's the number one receiver. Uh, I, I think he's just having a couple off days. So does Pete. Pete said that in his press conference, so he'll be fine. Uh, DK fumbled the ball. He's got a little bit of a fumble problem. It's um a little concerning, but again, the he the, he's young, he's still learning a lot. I don't I I guarantee you he was pissed off at himself, and he'll get better. I don't. He's not one of those players where I just go, oh god, another fumble. I do in the in the heat of the moment go, come on, DK, you can't do that. But then I realize again, first year. He's a big dude. He just he's got to learn what to do in that situation. And uh and he'll get better. I'm not I'm not too worried about it. Um what else? I mean, consistency, that would be nice to see. I I I, I don't know. Uh it just feels like I'm watching this offense a lot. And again, I think that Minnesota came out there and ran a defense that was a little different than what they planned for. And so they had to make adjustments, which I'm fine with. You're going to make adjustments and they work. Um, but I watched some of these other offenses that are, that are really, really good. And they always feel like they have a rhythm and maybe it's just cause I'm more critical of my own team. But then I watched the Seahawks and I just feel like, I don't know. He just, there's no, like, there's no rhythm to it. There's no system to it. There's no like Shoddy's just on the sideline, just looking at a sheet and going, I don't know. Let's see. They're second and four. Here's my second and short plays. I don't know. Maybe that one. And there's no like defining, like this is what they do. And then all of a sudden they'll try and get cute on a play. You shouldn't try and get cute on. And, and, or then they'll try, you know, they should have got, you know, a fourth, fourth down where they really should go for it. And they won't. And just, I don't know. I would like to see more consistency, but again, I have no right to sit here and bitch because they're 10 and two first place in the NFC West second spot in the NFC overall. If the playoffs started today, they would host a playoff game after they got a first round bye. So, I mean, really and honestly do I don't get to bitch yet. Uh, two more things. One, the uniforms. Um, I was excited for it when they announced the, the combo. Cause I've always been an action green fan. I like that uniform. Um, they changed the action green these last couple of years. It is a brighter, almost yellow like green. It's not the same as the original ones. Uh, my Marshawn Lynch jersey is is the original action green, which is a more of a neon green. So they went with the green and the blue pants, and I thought, oh, that'll be cool. I wasn't I wasn't that thrilled. I didn't really like it. Um, I don't know why. I just it didn't. When they go all green, it's awesome. I didn't really like the blue and the green. I think they should have. I don't know. I I wouldn't be sad if that combo uh, didn't come back again. Love the all blues. Love the wolf gray. Not a fan of the green tops, blue pants. So, um, and then for crying out loud, I I uh, okay. Two. I said two more things. I got two more things. Uh, mic'd up Russell Wilson is probably the worst mic'd up player of all time. I know I have admitted in this in this season that I was wrong about Russell. He showed the one thing, though, that still bugs the living crap out of me, and that's how fake he can be. I don't think that he was putting – I don't think he was acting because he was mic'd up because you. we've heard him. That's how he is. 
But when I listen to what he says to his teammates, I, I still feel like he's trying to be someone that he's not, if that makes any sense. I don't want to say he's trying to be tougher or he's trying to be, I don't know what he's trying to be, but it, it's something that he's not. And it's, it comes across as fake. And he used every cliche in the book about for football last night when it came to, you know, one play at a time. We got this right back in it. Like just the way he, I don't know. And I, I just, I kind of hope that it was just because he was mic'd up, but it's, it's not because we've heard it plenty of times before just on the sidelines. Like that's, that's what he does and it's really obnoxious. So I still will stick by my, I was wrong about him and he's a stud and he's elite and all that good stuff. And he could possibly right now be the best quarterback in the game. However, the, the, the talking that, that just, yeah, maybe not do that. That'd be, that'd be fine. I do want to give one honorable mention when the awesome and the bummers, and it's not an honorable mention bummer. It's an honorable mention. Awesome. And that is a penalties. I'm looking at team stats here, and this is the craziest thing you'll ever see for a Seahawk game. One, I applaud the NFL because I don't know if they told the officials to lighten up or it really just was that clean of a game. I find that hard to believe. <laughs> Uh, but the Seahawks one penalty. It was a big one. It was a ridiculous pass interference call for 30 yards, but there were zero penalties on offense. Zero. Noah Fetty, uh, false starts. Noah Fetty holds. Why am I picking on a Fetty? Oh, that's cause he, that's what he does. Um, nothing, no, no holding, no, nothing, nothing at all. And it, it, it was weird, and I, 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 I liked it, but I also got to like the fourth quarter, and I went, you know, we haven't seen a lot of this game. Those yellow things. And Minnesota only had three for 30 yards. It's not like they had a ton. It was so – you had a, a game that had a total of four penalties. That's unheard of for the NFL in 2019. So I don't know who did what or who said what, but more games like that let them play because there very easily could have been a flag on like the last fourth down pass from, from, um, on, from the Vikings, uh, could have absolutely been, uh, cousins last pass. Yeah. could have absolutely been pass interference with the way they've been calling this season. Like you wouldn't have shocked you had a flag been thrown there, but they didn't throw one. They let them play. So I liked it. Instead of being nervous after every single play, you actually just got to enjoy it. It was awesome. So that was my honorable mention. In the end, like I said, they're 10 and 2. They have first place in the NFC West. And if you'd have told me that they'd be 10 and 2 after 12 games this season, I I don't know that I would have believed you. I I didn't think so. And we know they're not as good as that 10 and 2 record, but you know what? When things fall your way, they just fall your way. And you just go with it. And you like it and you you love it. You go with it. You know what I mean? it's it's fine because in the end when i listen to sports talk radio all day and i'd listen to what i would call the experts who watch football and understand it way more than i do when they sit there and tell you well yeah they don't they don't have a complete win but if there's a team in the nfc that i'm scared the most of it's the seahawks you have a defense that is surging at absolutely the right time this defense looks great secondary made good plays Diggs was such a great pickup it Schneider may not be a fantastic draft guy, 
of late. But man, he's made it. You have to look at the moves that he made to bring Clowney in here, get Diggs in here, um, Hollister. I mean, the 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 moves that he made to get certain Josh Gordon, get those players here. All of them have worked out and made a huge impact on this team. Huge impact. And all of a sudden, you've got a team that is getting takeaways, which we know is what Pete Carroll wants and what makes this defense really successful. And it's just, it's awesome. Flowers made a great interception. Um, you're seeing your green is finally stepping in there and doing amazing things. Um, it's, it's so, so you're, you've got these guys talking about how this is the team to be afraid of. Even Cowherd on, on Fox sports radio today, he flat out said, I, I picked the the Seahawks. Now I, I see them as going to the Super Bowl. They're the NFC. They're my NFC favorite. And I'm sitting there listening, going, what? Okay. <laughs> we all said at the beginning of the season, it was definitely going to be the Saints. Well, this, you know, the Saints have some weaknesses. Yeah, they beat the Seahawks. And that's what's keeping the Hawks from being the one seed right now. But still, look out. It's a fun place to be, isn't it? I'll take. Sorry, Cowboys fans, but I'll be the I'll take the ten and two over your six and six any day. All right, let's talk about some NFL news. Speaking of the playoffs, I want to go over the uh, updated NFL playoff picture real quick. Um, I'm gonna jump over to ESPN.com where I get a lot of my stuff. There's some big sports conglomerate or something like that. Um, the playoff race is is far from over. Now the Seahawks, if they win. This week, clinch a playoff berth. So if they go down to L.A. and beat the Rams, I think it's beat or tie, uh, they're in. Doesn't tell us what their seed will be, but they're in. Um, but right now, you're looking at your Saints, Seahawks, Packers, Cowboys. Those are your four division leaders. And then at five and six, your two wild cards are the 10 and two San Francisco 49ers and the eight and four Minnesota Vikings and knocking on the door are the seven and five Rams. Believe it or not, the six and six dot bears. And then, um, you got the bucks, Eagles and Panthers all at five and seven. So the, the, sorry for you Cowboys fans, but if you guys continue to stumble, <laughs> You're, the Eagles, even at five and seven, if they win a couple and you lose a couple, they can come back and take it, and then you could be out. So you have to be real careful, real careful. So that's the NFC picture. Um, in the AFC, the Ravens, best team in football, complete all across the board, no question about it. They got the number one seed, ten and two. Patriots right behind them at ten and two. Of course, the Ravens have that tiebreaker because they have they beat New England. Then you got the Texans and the Chiefs, the other two division leaders, and then uh, Bills again that nine and three Bills team, and then these we want to talk about an amazing story: the seven and five Pittsburgh Steelers. All the injuries they've gone through and all the crap that they have gone through. I don't like the Steelers, but give them props for what they've been able to to do. And they they're in this they're in the if the playoffs were to start today they're in which is just insane. As soon as that first couple of weeks were over, all the injuries they sustained, you thought, oh, that team's done. And yet right now, uh, they have the same record as the Titans who are at the seven spot, but they have the, the tiebreaker over them. So 
Uh, so Titans at seven, Raiders six and six uh, in the eighth spot. Colts tied with the, right there at uh, six and six. Raiders beat the Colts. They have that tiebreaker. And then, you know, I'm still in it, but excuse me, long shot. Browns five and seven. Uh, don't hold your breath there, Browns. Mm, not happening. So uh, I want to focus real quick, like I said, on the NFC East. So six and six Cowboys, five and seven Eagles. There's uh, both teams. Luckily, are on a well, for luckily for Cowboys fans, uh, Eagles have lost three in a row. So, I if I was a Cowboys fan, I would be just ridiculously uncomfortable with the last four games. You need to win. So that division is is still a hundred percent up for grabs between those two teams. So. Um, who can clinch this week? That's, uh, that's an important thing to find out who can clinch this week. Um, in the NFC, I had this and I lost it. Well, like I said, the Seahawks can clinch with a win and, uh, that's all that matters. Let's just leave it at that. Who cares? (laughs) Seahawks win. We're good to go. Right. All right, what else we got going on? Minshew Mania returns. Uh, Foles, they, you know, of course, gave the job back to him as soon as he was healthy. And, uh, well, hasn't been great. As the NFL.com article says, Foles led a vanilla offense for two and a half games since returning from a collarbone injury suffered in week one. During that span, the veteran completed 72 of 109 pass attempts, 661 yards, only two touchdowns, two interceptions, two lost fumbles. And the Jaguars only scored 31 points over those 10 quarters. Uh, so your your guy that's making all your money, he's gonna he's set to count for nearly 22 million in cap space next season. Uh, he's been benched, and Minshew Mania takes over once again. So I only bring that story up because as a Washington State Cougar fan, I'm pulling for Gardner Minshew 100. percent So I uh, Foles isn't a bad dude, but I'm 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 in Minshew's corner and i want to see him do well so that's why i bring that up so i i'm let let's root for him uh today which is tuesday as i'm recording this yesterday if you're listening to the podcast the news hit that carolina has decided to part ways with ron rivera um they had what they would call an embarrassing 29 21 home loss to the two win washington racial slurs and uh so the owner basically yeah, had enough. So Rivera's out after nine seasons and it's not going to be the end the, I mean, Tepper's the newer owner. So he's, he says, we're going to take a comprehensive and thorough review of our football operation to make sure we are structured for long-term sustained success. So they're going to look at everything. So Rivera's just the beginning. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, so there'll be some more changes. The biggest question of course, that comes out of this is, is Cam Newton. Now, we all know I can't stand Cam Newton, one of my least favorite guys. He's cocky. I don't like it. He hasn't won anything. I don't can't stand him. But him and Rivera, I mean, Rivera is the one that has coached him, and, and they did a lot together. So what's it mean for, for Cam? And nobody seems to know what the answer to that question is. And uh, we'll find out. Even the owner doesn't know what the answer to that question is. Of course, Cam's hurt and has, isn't playing right now, but 
Uh, his season ended in week two, but Rivera, I mean, you got to expect him to end up somewhere else. Um, he ends his tenure in Carolina with a 76, 63 and one regular season record, three and four in the postseason. two time NFL coach of the year did go to Super Bowl 50, lost that to the Broncos. Um, but he's only had three winning seasons since taking over in 2011. So I know that I have a buddy who's, uh, I went to high school with and junior high and high school and, uh, huge Carolina fan always has been as long as I can remember. And all he posted today when he shared this story, when it got broke was all he said was finally. So I got to believe that if, uh, the, uh, at least him in the Carolina fan base, he's happy about it. So that's how that's going to work. All right, so uh, Dennis from Ohio, my buddy, um, I believe he has a call-in this week for us. So let me grab it right here and see what he has to say. I'm sure he has lots to say, um, even though his Niners lost. Poor guy. All right, let's see what he's got. Hey, Brian, what's up? Dennis from Ohio here with my weekly conversation slash question. Uh, and obviously there will be no wooing uh, because my team took a tough loss in Baltimore 20-17, to 17, but they, uh, they did better than I thought. Um, as continues, the refs are still not the greatest. I think there was three or four missed delay of game calls that could have prevented a touchdown possibly. Um, but it is what it is. I have no excuses. Uh, the Niners played well. They'll come back, hopefully pull off pull off the win in New Orleans. But my question for you today is regarding these one-and-done coaches or GMs that are firing these coaches after only one season when it's the same players over and over, but it seems like they always blame the coach and not the players. I know these players are under contract also, but it just seems – like, let's fire the coach and things will change when they don't ever change the players. I believe Alex Smith, when he was with the 49ers, played for four different offensive coordinators and then was always given a bad reputation because he was not adjusting the way he should. That just seems kind of ridiculous to me. So I'm just curious on your thoughts on that because I think Kitchens might be done after this year. And obviously, Ron Rivera just got fired. So who sees... Let's see what the Panthers do with that. Um, as always, good show. I know we missed one last week because you were sick, so I hope you're feeling better. Hope you had a good Thanksgiving. And look forward to your answer. And as always, go Niners. Just no woo today. Have a good day. Feels a little empty without his woos, doesn't it? We're so used to him, but. He's got a point. You can't be wooing if your team is uh, is losing. So, um, but hey, if there's a team they're going to lose to, it might as well be the Ravens. Um, they did better than we. He, I agree with him. They did better than we thought they would do. Uh, one year coaches. I this drives me crazy. Although it's funny because as a Seahawks fan, uh, right before Pete Carroll, we went through the same thing. But I'm one of those that believes that Mora was only let go because one the season was terrible, and then they had Pete Carroll already waiting. So they, uh, I don't know that Mora was ever the guy they actually wanted. Um, and then Pete Carroll, that, that was ready to go. And so they said, all right, well, you're, you're gone. And then here's Pete Carroll and the rest is history. And of course, none of us as Seahawks fans regret that move at all. 
Um, but you look at like um, the Browns. Um, I, I would love to sit here because I can't stand them and sit here and go, well, Baker's not a good quarterback. And, and uh, so it, it's, it's, it doesn't matter who his coach is. But um, when you're even even if you're, uh, you know, a decent quarterback, I guess you can call Baker. <laughs> it doesn't do them any good switching coaches all the time. It hurts them. It hurts their development. Uh, now, in the case of the of the of the Browns, I think they got the wrong guy to begin with. Kitchens wasn't the the answer for that. And I guarantee you, Kitchens is going to get fired. So we got one season as the head coach, and then he's going to be gone. They're going to bring in somebody else. More turnover for Baker. How does that? How does that benefit him at all? It just doesn't. And these teams that are bad year after year, they're the ones that are you know doing these one year things with coaches, and so. Then you start to think, well, is it is it a coaching issue or is it a GM picking the wrong coaches issue? Because that that sounds more like it to me. They need to be making better decisions because these guys, if, if you're making the right call and they're a good coach, they should get more than one year to get it figured out. In the case of Freddie Kitchens, he's not a good head coach. So yeah, get him out of there, but you shouldn't have hired him in the first place. There should have been someone better in that position. Same thing with like, you know, New York and all these, it's just... When you look around at the teams that are continue to struggle year after year, look at how many head coaches they've gone through. And that says it all right there. So then you need to start talking about your general managers and whether you have the right person in those positions. Um, and then maybe make some changes there. But you're going to see, you know, Rivera didn't wait till the end of the season. They fired him today. Um, I don't know if there'll be any more in season with only four games left, but let's remember black monday uh that monday after the season ends after week 17 uh names are going to go there's going to be coaches that are going to be fired plenty of them because there's some bad teams in the nfl this year there's just i don't remember a season i that has been like this when you look at the standings across the board the nfc is stacked with talent but there's the good teams and there's the bad teams and the afc you've got your couple of good teams but the rest it's just garbage there's just a lot of really bad teams and it's, and you're going to see, you're going to see some coaches, you know, suffer for that. And is it right? No, I don't know. But again, you put the right person in there and you give them more than one year. But if after that year, you know, they're not the right one. Yeah. You got to get them out of there, but then you got to feel bad for players like Baker Mayfield, despite how you feel about them. The guy's never had a chance to actually get into any sort of rhythm or feel comfortable with his coaching staff or anything because it's been turmoil ever since he got in there. Not the same at all. And that's unfortunate. So Dennis, thank you for the question, my friend. I appreciate it. I did have one late uh, mailbag question come in today um, as I was getting stuff ready. Uh, Another Wenatchee resident. So nice to know we have some more Wenatchee people here. Uh, Who was it? Was it Tyler? Tyler Hupp would like to know how about a fantasy football update thrown in there. Uh, also a question for this week, other than Gardner Minshew, all second string quarterbacks have been bad. Should teams just go straight to their third stringers, AKA like Hodges, good Rudolph, bad uh, Blau, good Driscoll, bad, etc. Um, 
Well, the quarterback part of that question is you're going to start seeing that. Four games left, and uh, you're going you're going to start to see uh, these these guys try to um, see what they've got basically in in third string quarterbacks because their if their second string isn't working and they've got like a th- you know another maybe somebody they drafted and they just haven't been ready if if you're if you're out might as well see what you got you know what i mean why wait until next training camp get them out there now and see it so um i mean maybe they don't want to get them hurt i don't know but uh, i think that these bad teams that are are still struggling with quarterbacks yeah you're going to start seeing that switch steelers um where they're at with Rudolph not starting and they're there in the playoff hunt. I think they're going to stick with what's working. That would be my guess. Um, we shall see. That's, that's, that's all I can say about that. Um, as for fantasy football in the common ground football podcast, fantasy football league, uh, we are officially in the playoffs. I believe I had an absolutely terrible, uh, season. In fact, I lost this week too in a consolation match. So I'm five and seven. That's really great. I think it's two weeks though. So maybe I get to, uh, keep going. Let's see. Uh, so here we go. So here's, um, round one, which is, which is this weekend. Uh, so it was week 13. Then it goes through this week, week 14. Number one seed is the down under team. Lee Walker. Uh, number two is Tyler. Uh, you get, see, there you go. Um, he's losing right now though, to the letter Kenny Shamrocks, which is the number three seed and my buddy Dean Giles, as you've heard on this podcast before. And then Amanda Allstad. So that's Amanda from Ohio. Uh, she's got the chicken dinner team and she's the four seed. So those are your top four teams that are in the winner's bracket and they will play again for week 14. Uh, I'm not going to go through the consolation ladder cause that's just the rest of us as we all struggle. Uh, I was not the worst team in our, in our league though. So there's that, but a lot of, uh, a lot of 500. Uh, I will mention that Andrew uh, is just like his Cowboys. He is six and six. How about that? So uh, fantasy football was a blast again this year, and we'll, we will do it again next year for sure. So, okay. I thought this was going to be a shorter episode, and it's not, but we got to talk about week 14. Um, Dallas is going to Chicago to play Da Bears. Um, my question for them is, you know, can they turn this thing around and not limp into the playoffs? They need a win at this point. They've lost two in a row. Uh, they got nothing but the new, the news is all negative. It's all on coaching and everything else. That's all you hear about. That's, I don't hear about, you know, what the team's doing wrong or anything else. I just hear Jason Garrett, this Jason Garrett, that Jerry Jones, blah, 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 blah. They need to go out there and they need to just go ahead and, and get a win. Trubisky sucks. So, the defense of the Cowboys needs to just go destroy him, go destroy him, score a couple points on the defensive side of the ball, and then let Dak and Zeke do their thing on the other side. You know what I mean? Uh, I, the bears are not a good team, but the Cowboys aren't that great either. So I don't know. That makes it kind of rough, but Trubisky is just pure garbage, pure garbage. So this should be a win for them. Um, and that's what they need to do. Defense, defense, defense. Seattle, they get the Sunday night game, another primetime game, which they do really well in. Uh, they're going down to Los Angeles. They're going to play the Rams. Um, Goff has 12 interceptions this season. 12. 
Uh, you want to talk about a, another a defense that needs to to make that number bigger. The uh, Seahawks need to do that. They've been uh, excelling at takeaways. I want to see more interceptions, more fumbles. Make off, make mistakes. It's the same formula that you want to use every week to win. Pressure the quarterback. Make him make mistakes. Same thing over and over again. However, what we're seeing from the Seahawks defense is that they're actually doing that. They're getting pressure on the quarterback. They're wreaking havoc. They didn't get a sack yesterday, but they 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 had they wreaked havoc on Cousins. Hit him a bunch of times. That's they need to do to Goff. The Rams are not anywhere near what they were last year or the year before. They're not. Uh, lots of lots of uh, conversations out there about whether everyone figured out McVay. I don't think that's true. I think it's just a young coach. Don't need to make adjustments and change and do his thing. He's going to be a, a, one of those good, great coaches in this league. But they're just they're struggling. They're not that great. Um, but this is one of those games where Seahawks going down there six zero on the road, but the Rams division rival always make things difficult this is one of those where they could go down and lose and so we don't want to see them play down to their opponent we we want to see them go down there with the same fire the same intensity that we've been seeing and go down there and kick some ass just that third quarter that we just saw at, in monday night game do that the whole game all four quarters just dominate them uh, go down there and, and leave seven and zero on the road. That'd be sweet. So defense needs to continue to surge offense. Just find out, figure out what's working, get Tyler Lockett involved, get Josh Gordon involved. That bugs me too. If Tyler Lockett's not working, Josh Gordon is a damn good receiver and you traded for him or not traded for him, but you picked him up, got lucky, use him, find a receiver that works and use them. Russell Wilson is a threat. And so if you got to run the ball and do a run heavy, fine, run it 40, 50 times. I don't care, but make sure that sets up the bombs. Not like you have for David Moore with, you know, the blown coverage, but actual like planned bombs to lock it, Gordon, whoever, you know, get DK involved. Just hold on to the football DK. Um, get Penny more involved in the passing game. If he gets free, the kid can run so freaking fast. So, um, we came out of the game pretty healthy. It sounds like from Pete Carroll today. So there's a couple of things. There's a uh, Ziggy had a stinger. Uh, it is, you know, part of the shoulder that, you know, he had surgery on anyway. So all of that's related, but he, they, there's not one in there where they go, Ooh, they might not be able to play. Everyone, it sounds like everyone's going to be able to play so far. We'll see how practices go this week, of course, but so far so good. Um, on the Dallas side, um, Vander Esch is out already um as i said uh you know they need to play a really good defensive game they got a bunch of defensive guys that are questionable so that's not great oops and then the big question on the seahawks side of the ball is or side of the uh side of the ball let's go with that uh who do you root for san francisco is playing the saints so (laughs) who do you root for if you're a seahawks fan because the niners division rival the only reason you're above them is because you beat them. But the Saints are above you because they beat you, and they, they are blocking you from having that number one seed, which is home field advantage throughout the playoffs. This is a tough call, and as I was planning this, you know, writing down my notes for this show, I still I don't know. I, I don't know. What's more important, the division or that number one seed? 
if you want the number one seed, the Saints need to lose another game. And if you look at their schedule, that they this is the game that they could lose because after this, they play the Colts, the Titans, and the Panthers. I'm sorry, but the Saints are winning all three of those games. So if they're going to lose one, it's going to be this one. So then you have to think, well, how bad do you want the number one seed? Because if you stay with, if you, if you win your division and you get the two, the two, the second seed, you still get a first round buy. You still have home field advantage unless you have to play the saints. So I don't know, man, <laughs> I got no problem root for the Niners. If I need to root for the Niners, but part of me is like, well, but if the saints beat the Niners and the Seahawks win, uh, you know, their game against the Rams, then all of a sudden you're up a game. Plus you hold the tiebreaker. We all talked about how fun it would be for that week 17 game to mean everything, right? For that to mean the division. Now I'm looking at it going, I kind of would like to wrap all that up before that. And there's so many scenarios out there where they could do that. So many scenarios where they could go out there and, you know, the Niners win this Seahawks win, but all this stuff to get all these different things. But I don't know. I'm going to put a poll out because I, I want everyone else's input. But I, I who do we root for? Who do we do? I don't know. I mean, the, I think that the easy answer is to say we root for the Niners just because of that number one seed. Because here's what could happen. If the Niners beat the Saints and the Seahawks win, beat the Rams, we all wake up Monday morning with the Seahawks in, in the number one seed. Just like that. Holy crap. And still, and we obviously with the division. So <laughs> that's crazy. But then you're still sitting at 11 and 2, same record as the Niners at that point. And you got to hope the Niners lose a game before they get to you or you beat them at home to finish the season but after the saints they've got the falcons who that they're going to win that game and then the rams and i guess that could go either way the rams could beat them but it's so tricky it's so tricky so i'll put out a poll because i want to know everyone's opinion on what we're supposed to do there but i i at this point when as you're listening to this on the 4th of december on wednesday i have no idea i'll i'll make up my mind when we get to sunday i guess because i I don't know. It's a 10 a.m. game, so I guess we're, we'll know long before uh, the result, which is nice. But I, I don't know. Help me. Help me make a decision. I have no idea. Week 14 is going to be great. Um, let me go through the schedule real quick and see if there's any other games that are worth watching before we move on. Um, Ravens-Bills. At That's actually uh, – you would, you would th- look at that and go, well – the Ravens, the best team in football. There's no way Lamar Jackson, but the Bills, like I said, nine and three. Uh, that's in Buffalo. That that game will pro- could be closer than you think. I mean, obviously, I don't know that any team is ever going to find the answer for Lamar Jackson, but still, that would be a good game to watch. Um, Bengals Browns, yeah. I'm just kidding. Although the Bengals did get their first win, but there's no way in hell I'm watching that game. Uh, let's see what else we got. What else we got? What else we got? Um, boy, I tell you what, 
see this is what happens you get to this part of the season and the teams are so there's so many bad teams that none of these games i guess titans raiders raiders need a win bad titans seven and five chiefs patriots that'll be a good one uh the decline of of tom brady in full swing and chiefs you know chiefs because of you know mahomes being hurt earlier in the season they've quietly i mean they're eight and four but they're they've been that quiet team that just continues to go and and do fine um and in the playoffs could could be a could be a big deal but but you don't hear a lot about them just because lamar jackson ends up being the story in baltimore and it, it definitely casts a shadow on Mahomes. so um and then seahawks and and rams that that of course will be a big one so and then even though the giants suck i'm intrigued by the monday night game because it's the eagles playing the giants and depending on what the cowboys do if the cowboys lose and go to six and seven that game becomes gigantic for the eagles gigantic for the eagles so it all depends on what dallas does on whether i really give a crap about that game or not but um that that puts them in this you know the the tie for for first basically with the cowboys of course would own the tiebreaker but then in a couple weeks they gotta you know they host the cowboys so things could things could go nuts so i will be i will be paying attention to that game for sure okay let's get into uh let's get into some game picks winning and uh I'm sure that Dennis is still winning or leading the pigskin pick him here on ESPN fantasy. Um, cause he's got some magic powers. I don't even know how I did last week. How did I do? I got eight points out of last week. That's not great. Not great. Let's take a quick look though and make sure. Let's see who's leading. Um, Dennis from Ohio has a lead by eight points. He's 99.6% correct this season. That's just, crazy good for him i guess okay here we go cowboys going to da bears oh i'm gonna pick the cowboys because i can't i can't imagine that they don't uh turn things around at least for one game panthers going to atlanta to play the falcons uh new coach for interim coach for the panthers um i'm gonna go with atlanta uh ravens and bills one of my one of my games to watch i'm gonna go crazy and say the bills do something nuts and beat them how about how about about them apples uh Bengals, browns because the browns are stupid i'm going with the Bengals. (laughs) i mean who cares uh broncos texans that'll be houston for sure well nothing's for sure but um yeah lions going to minnesota to play the vikings the vikings will bounce back from the monday night loss uh packers hosting the redskins uh that'll be the packers buccaneers hosting the colts who i'm gonna go indianapolis there dolphins take on the jets god i'm gonna go dolphins there why not uh saints 49ers <laughs> and again i don't know who to root for but i have to pick a winner um god. it's in new orleans the saints or the saint i i'm gonna pick the saints and then i will choose who i'm gonna root for so sorry dennis it's just 
If that was in Santa Clara, I'd probably pick the Niners. But it's that Superdome, man. It's a hard, it's a hard place to play. Which again is probably why we want the the Saints to lose because we don't want to go there. Um, Jaguars uh, hosting the Chargers. Uh, Gardner Minshew, Minshew Mania returns. I'm going to pick Minshew Mania and the Jaguars. Raiders, Titans. I'm going to go with Titans. Chiefs, Patriots. Uh, Patriots will find a way to win because that's what they do. Steelers, Cardinals. Steelers will take that. I will pick the Seahawks and the Rams at the end of the podcast, which we are coming up on. Monday night game, Giants and Eagles. I'm going to pick the Eagles and submit my picks. See, if I say it like that, then I actually do it and I don't get caught uh, not doing it. That's why I've been struggling. Okay, before I pick my Seahawks game, let's real quick um, do what we do and ask for uh, our listeners out there who happen to use Apple Podcasts. If you could take five seconds to give us a, a rating and a review, we would greatly appreciate it. It literally only takes a minute tops for you to just give us a star, you know, star rating, however many you want to give us out of five, and then type out a little review. You can use your phone, I don't, whatever you want to use. And uh, we would really appreciate it. Help us grow. Uh, I cannot thank our listeners enough. We've had some tremendous growth over the last three weeks. I know that having Dennis and Dean and having like Dean's reach with his two podcasts help us out. I know that's part of it, and I can't. I can't thank both those guys enough for helping me out with uh, everything uh, while Andrew's out. So, um, but it's been it's been cool to see. So, I, I as I've said many times before, uh, to be eighty episodes in and to have the listener base that we do is uh, humbling, and I am incredibly grateful. So, thank you so much. Uh, real quick though, we don't talk about it a ton, but if you uh, don't follow us on social media, please do. Uh, Twitter is probably where we do the most. Um, the podcast you can follow at Common Ground FVP. Andrew is at Andrew Guzman CGP. I am at Wenatchee Seattle Sports Fan, which is W E N S E A Sports Fan. We're on Facebook, which is facebook.com slash Common Ground Football Podcast, or just search for Common Ground Football Podcast and hit like and all that good stuff. We're actually on Instagram, and I'm starting to use that a lot more uh, at Common Ground FVP. Um, you're listening to this podcast and you're probably listening to it on your preferred platform. Uh, there's so many different podcast platforms out there. However, if you happen to be looking for a new one, don't forget, we're of course available on Apple podcasts. We're on Stitcher. Tune in Google play or Google podcasts are now called Spotify. You can always listen to us on our website, football, common ground, footballpodcast.com. Uh, just search for us out there. We are, uh, pretty much everywhere. Spotify, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, uh, everywhere it's it's pretty awesome so um check us out all those places of course you can listen to us on your google home device and your echo devices uh just ask alexa so um without further ado let's get to uh my pick and get us out of here winning uh it's going to be a tough game i of course do not believe it will be a blowout because that's not how the seahawks like to do things but i do believe uh this team is is fantastic on the road and has been all season, and they will go down to Los Angeles and uh, play one last time in that Coliseum against the Rams, and they will win. Seahawks will win 35-33, and it will be a nail-biting heart attack game like they always are all the way until that clock hits double zeros because why not? That's what they do to us. Thank you for listening, everybody. I sincerely appreciate it. Let's go roaring into week 14 and uh, 
division number one seed. Who knows? Whatever we end up getting. Good luck to Dallas, I guess. And uh, until next week, go Hawks.